return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy. Okay, let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Tattoos and Jesus. We are back in the T&J Studio A. We were in <laughs> Studio B last week with our lovely co-worker, Bill Moore. We hope you enjoyed it. It looked like, by the streams we got, that it was actually an enjoyable episode for most. Wild Bill Moore. And so that's... uh. Yeah, still waiting on a part two to be confirmed by old Bill. Yeah, so. we gonna get a part two to that bad boy because he's there's some stories. Afterwards, he was like, "Oh, I forgot to tell a story of when I interviewed and interviewed this," and they're like big name people. So we got to hear the rest of the story. Yeah, we got to get him back. We got to get him back on. He was a, he was a, yeah. a delightful conversation. I did get some criticism from my father. Oh, uh, what was it about? All right, so I get a phone call. So as, as most people know, I'm from Ohio, right? Big Buckeyes, mm. go Ohio, the Ohio State University. Well, most people from the Midwest are probably unaware, but Michigan and Ohio beef. Like there's, you know, um, like jokingly, kind of jokingly, probably not for some people, but like they won't even say, oh, Ohio State's playing Michigan. They'll play, they're playing ton. Uh, T U N ton that team up north. Wow. They don't even say they don't even give it credit you. enough. So anyway, so if you'll notice, just even within this year, Casey Amaro, who we're going to mention again today, who sends us some coffee, great listener from Michigan, from Michigan. Oh, Wild Bill, Wild Bill from Michigan. So Dad calls me the other day and he's like, "Listen," he said, "I've noticed you've had two guests, two people." Connected to the show from Michigan, I don't you think it's about time that we cut that out? Maybe get some other representation. So that was so. Uh, I said, well, if you notice, both fled the state when given the opportunity. Like one came to South Carolina, one fled all the way to Romania. They fled the country. Yeah, they fled the country. So if that's any indication of the old team up north. Nobody wants to stay there. Nobody. Nobody that we know. But in saying that. We no longer live in Ohio. <laughs> you no longer live in Ohio as well. That's a, that's actually an irrelevant sub point. Isn't it kind of, isn't it true that it's kind of a popular um, population around here that a lot of people from Ohio yeah. are moving to South Carolina? Yes. Well, Judy, the director of our office from Ohio. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. She's a Buckeye. Phil Vanderplug, who you know who he is. He's a friend of mine. Yeah. Moved down here from Ohio. I know tons of people that have moved. I mean, there's lots of people moved down here from New Jersey, too. Like, in general, I think people seek warmer weather, and they make, like, geese and head south. Is that a saying in Ohio? No. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know if that's one here. (laughs) I made it up. Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) Trust me. Oh, I have heard that Michigan has some beautiful lakefront property for you could visit. 
I feel like that would be miserable. You know what's kind of funny though is so my son, the Charlie, the seven year old, he watches all these YouTube guys. Somewhere on YouTube, like there's this guy that he watches. It's for kids. It's not like weird, but somehow he 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 got in his head that all zombies live in Ohio. And so he keeps telling us, he goes, I don't ever want to go to Ohio because that's where the zombies live. And and so my wife's like, you know, your dad is from Ohio. And uh, and so the other day <clears throat> he's talking about zombies and and how he needs his Nerf guns to protect him in case of a zombie attack. And we were like, Charlie, like, what would you do if mom turned into a zombie? Like, would you, would you shoot her? Like, you taking her out if mom turns into a zombie? He goes, no, dad. He said, I'm taking her to Ohio because that's where the zombies live. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. So, have you? do you have this man trained in case of, of a, a zombie attack? Char- oh, yeah, yeah. So, upstairs in his bedroom. So, he sleeps on the second floor and we're on the first floor. So that's kind of a that's a big distance for him to traverse. So in order for him to feel safe, safe going to sleep at night, we have to create an armory. Um, and so right next to his bed, like hanging on his bed frame, is a bucket full of Nerf bullets. There's probably fifty to seventy Nerf bullets in this bucket, and he has loaded loaded Nerf guns <clears throat> in the bucket. And so if if monsters attack he has plenty of ammunition and a loaded gun at his side and like this is a nightly thing like we have to position it like we have to make sure he's at the ready sometimes there's a foam sword involved or he has a shotgun nerf gun and sometimes it needs to be close um but as of last night it was bucket of foam nerf bullets with the loaded gun in it hanging from the bed Wow, I mean, he sound. It re- we were talking last night at small group. It reminds me of of our conversation because we're in Revelation, and our pastor was talking about the rapture and how he didn't believe it. Shout out, sorry, Bill. <laughs> but we somehow we got on the topic of like how churches can take it to an extreme, and I haven't looked it up yet, and I meant to do it, but I'll. Mm-hmm. Like, to the extreme to where the Battle of Armageddon, like, do you feel like churches have at some point trained people to sword fight for that Battle of Armageddon? Like, have they ever? Yeah, like, do you feel like if you went to a church Mm -hmm. or there's been a church in the past, it's like, come attend our sword fighting lessons in case the Battle of Armageddon is is happening soon. That's stupid. Bet me. I bet you I could Google it right now and probably find something. Well, here's why. is I Doesn't it make it pretty clear? I mean, I, you're asking me a question about a book of the Bible that I'm not that acquainted with off the top of my head, but I think it makes pretty clear that the whole, you know, Jesus in the white robe on the white horse, he comes and he slays this thing, and we just kind of watch. Well, there's a battle, though. There's a battle in, in You don't this, think he's sufficient a, to take care of it? In a literal field in Israel. Here's the reality. Let me ask you something. Even if you're not trained, can you lose? I'm not what saying that. What happens if I die? What happens if I die in the battle of Armageddon? I don't believe any of it is going to happen, but I also, mm. I'm not suggesting if it's 
smart to do this. I'm just suggesting. I'm just saying. I don't need to be trained. I don't need to be trained because all that happens. It's like those video games where it's like you have like infinite lives. So even if you die, you just come back to life and keep fighting. So you feeling like so you think it's a video game like a, <laughs> like you're like oh this is like Mortal Kombat I'm putting in fifty cent and we're gonna re up and just continue to continue. If you it was just a question it made me think about it because of you know Charlie's getting ready. Did you know Bill told me yesterday this is like a whole topic we're gonna have to have a whole topic about this but how churches installed rapture videos in case of rapture please watch this yeah, video I talked about that last night too. that was amazing. Anyway, listen, you have some coffee. We got some coffee sent to us. From Michigan. Yeah, that's correct. So we acknowledged this a couple weeks ago because we tried the relaxed tea um, sent to us from Turkey, Istanbul, and we kind of reviewed it. But along with it, you know, Casey sent us some coffee. Tell us about this coffee, Josh. So the coffee that we have is called Higher Grounds Coffee um, Justice Blend. Uh, So it's a light medium roast. She sent it to us whole bean from Traverse City, Michigan. I think it's Traverse. Oh, are you sure? Traverse. It's like you traverse the ground. Traverse is like the car. (coughs) Yes. Um, But I think it's it's Traverse. I could be. What do I I mean, it's once a city in Michigan. T-City. It's not from Flint, is it? I've heard they got water problems. Wow. Okay. <laughs> On the Ground okay. Ministries, mm-hmm. the nonprofit we, that they founded to support clean water systems and literacy workshops in the area of Michigan. <clears throat> so to go along with your joke, this is actually supports clean water systems. That's kind of ironic. Um, but it is a light roast, medium, light, medium roast, mm-hmm. vanilla, citrus, mellow taste. Me and Marty made a pot earlier this morning. Yeah, we've been drinking we've, on it all morning. We've we've tried it throughout the day. Here's, here's what <clears throat> made me laugh. So if you remember last year when Casey sent us some coffee, she said, I haven't actually tried this stuff. I'm just sending it to you. And it was uh, some coffee being infused with Michigan cherry. And it was balling. You put a little sugar in it, a little sweetener, and it was, I mean, it tasted like you were eating cherries. Yeah. <clears throat> and so she said, in keeping with my theme of sending you stuff that I've never tried, here's some more coffee that I grabbed while I was in the States for Christmas. Yep. And that's what we have. We we have <coughs> a coffee that she will probably never try. Um, And Marty currently has a cup of it. I do. I drank a cup on it all morning. about two hours ago. I'm currently drinking on Celsius uh, mixed water. I, so think what, I, I feel like I've had too much caffeine in four hours. I had a Red Bull, a cup of coffee, and now Celsius. So real quick, what was your what was your take on the old higher ground? Five one, five one. I felt like it was middle of the road. <laughs> I mean, it's a smooth coffee. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like it, it is what it says: light, medium roast, mellow coffee. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. We like the stronger flavor coffees, but right. um, at for a light, medium roast, it's it's right there with the rest. It of It does. Like 
I I harp a lot on like I don't love the kind of acidic-y aftertaste that come with light roast. Like that's just part of that flavor palette. And this has that. It has some of that. So that's not my favorite. But it's a good light roast. Like it's a, a good solid <clears throat> light roast coffee. Um, I mean, I'd give it better than a. I'd probably give it a five three. Wow, you really jumped up on the on the books there. Because <clears throat> you're right, it's kind of middle of the road. It's got better flavor to me. Like I was drinking Folgers the other day, and I was like, it really has doesn't have flavor. Like it's just there. There's nothing overwhelming about it, but most of it's underwhelming. And so, so <clears throat> at least this has a little flavor to it. Do you think? Do you think that because when you first tried it, you didn't really know what it was, and you said this tastes like a light roast, and you were right. Your yeah. palate has developed. You are almost an expert coffee drinker. Almost. Do you think it's safe to say that we, as expert coffee connoisseurs, do not like necessarily light roast coffees? Uh, yeah. So we need. I can drink it though. I, I can mean, drink I don't it. dislike. Like I'll drink the coffee. It's Smooth just not... every. This is like a <clears throat> drink a lot of. But yeah. we have we have developed our palate. It's kind of like like wine drinkers. It's mm-hmm. like you start off with cheap fruity flavor, and then you get to more of the bold, spicier ones. I think yeah. we did that aspect. When it comes to my wine palate, I'm still at Welch's grape juice. I'm not even. I'm not even going to respond to that. <laughs> I'm not even going to respond to that because uh, there's nothing better than that, and it's like taking communion always. It's always taking communion. Yeah, I've actually attended two churches that actually give wine out. Really? Mm-hmm. I've been to one. Um, it was actually a Baptist church in New Orleans, and it gave you an option. Yeah, you would walk. You would walk down, and you could either take the grape juice or the wine. Um, I'm still pretty sure, uh, despite the opportunity to drink in church, I went with the grape juice because that stuff is delicious. Here's the only problem with it. Okay, we got to move on because I got a question for you. Okay. All right. Here's the problem. You ever done this? When you drink it, like it's just enough to make you want, like you're in communion. It's this like holy, solemn moment. And then you drink that grape juice and then you just want to lick out the bottom of it with your tongue. Like just... Get that little extra, because there's always that little bit of extra at the bottom of the cup. Just kind of like a reptile. You talking about the communion cup? Yeah. What kind of cups are you drinking? You know, the little plastic ones. There's just that little, you know, I just need that little bit left. Now now that I think about it, I don't think, oh, I I have once took communion. Like lick the cup? At Hope Point. No, I didn't lick the cup. They sell it, like it's like prepackaged now. I hate that. Like You're gonna pre- get me on a soapbox. Prepackaged cracker and the crackers are trash, but awful. Um, <clears throat> yeah. No, no. To, to say that I've never just okay. like talk about communion as if it's like this holy. Like Francis Chan talks about communion like it's this holy oh, moment. Uh, okay. No, yeah. Let's let's not let's not go down this rabbit hole. And then and then to. we have prepackaged communion cups, which is perfect if I've climbed a mountain. Somebody. Made some money. That is off of prepackaged communion. Borderline. I, and I tell my pastor that now during COVID we did that because I think that was an appropriate step, truthfully. Yeah. But when that is not an issue, 
when we're not traveling or there's no health-related concerns, can we add some, like, meaning, some significance to the... Anyway, all right, I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever... Mm. I mean, I already know the answer to this uh, without you even telling me. You ever okey-doke someone? Right? Like, it's a fancy question to say, are you a liar? Are you ever deceitful? But the real question, you ever okey doke someone? Like, you ever, like, twist, you know, that whole, like, I'm not lying, but I'm also not telling the truth? Yeah, I do it every time I make a fancy football trade. <laughs> I can actually agree with that. Yeah. I would say, I mean, yeah. I mean, who? everybody does a little bit of something, something. Because here's where I'm getting at is... I found a place last Sunday in Scripture where I think God instructs people to lie. To what o- is it? To okie doke somebody. Let's hear it. Well, here's the thing. I want to hear when you okie doke somebody first. What do you mean? A fantasy that's, football trade. That's your example? Yeah. Found one of fantasy football trades. <clears throat> so I, but the reason I say I'm going to remember this next year. Because I know you have a story to tell. And I'm going to allow you to tell your story so that we can move forward through the topic. Oh, my goodness. I want to hear your story. So I may have shared this on the podcast before because this is one of those go-to stories that that's the problem with doing a podcast for like, you know, a couple years is I only have like 20 stories and I just tell them all over and over again and I can't remember where I tell them. (laughs) Um, Which is, oh, my goodness, I just realized I'm becoming my dad. Hmm. Because as a kid, like, we used to, like, give him such a hard time because he had seven stories, and he would tell the same seven jokes or the same seven stories to people, but we would, like, we traveled. Like, you know, his family in Ohio, we lived in Pennsylvania, like, we bounced around. So it's like, oh, great, dad's met somebody new, the same seven jokes are going to come out now. Yeah. And it was like, that's you. I just became that in this moment. That's you. I need a moment. Okay. <clears throat> so picture this. Mm. I was 16 years old. Mm. I had had my license long enough to think I knew what I was doing. So I was dating this girl, and her family was from Louisiana. And so they were flying. It was summertime. I was working at Chick-fil-A at the time. Worked part-time as a supervisor at Chick-fil-A. Um, or I guess just as a team member at Chick-fil-A at that time. And so I had to be at work at, I think it was like 3 o'clock. I'm pretty sure it was 3 o'clock I had to be at work. Well, my girlfriend and her family were flying out of the airport that morning at like 10 o'clock, like 10 a.m. And uh, going to Louisiana for a couple of weeks to visit family. And, uh, and so anyway, and so I wanted to drive her, right? Spend a little bit of time with her. And I wanted to drive her. Well, I knew, like I had not had my license very long. And so... I knew there was a 0.0% chance that my parents were going to let me drive her to the Charlotte airport, right? And so at that point in my life, I was living in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The Charlotte airport was, give or take a couple minutes, an hour away, hour, hour and 15, something like that. So it wasn't terribly long, but far enough that a 16-year-old who had just gotten his license probably, you know, this is before GPS and all that junk probably didn't really need to be driving that far 
But there's a much closer airport to where I lived. It's called the Greensboro Airport. And it was about 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes away from my house. There was a much higher likelihood that I would be allowed to go to that one. And so I attempted to okey-doke my parents. Mm. And so what I did is I said, hey, you know, um, my girlfriend's, you know, they're flying to Louisiana. And um, is it cool if I you know, just drive her to the airport this morning and I'll be back in time to go to work. I knew well and good they thought Greensboro. I knew well and good I meant Charlotte. Mm. And so I left out that information and they were like, yeah, that's fine. You know, be careful. And so I'll try to abbreviate this. I take them down there. We run into a, a nightmare when we get to the airport where basically they were running late they needed to get through security and uh, my girlfriend's mom didn't have time to park the car. And so I felt like I should be superhero. And so I was like, you know what? I'll take care of it. So now I have my car and I'm also responsible for parking their car. And so I somehow manage to like find this like pay by the hour like place really quick and I park my car. So I could get my car just, it's there. So I run back, jump in their car, and I need to find long-term parking. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. N- no clue. So I'm driving around looking for a place to park this car. You know how if you like some car lots, if you drive like in the exit, there's those like metal spikes that stick up that like pop your tires. Almost drove over a couple sets of those trying to get in parking lots. All right, so I end up finding some long-term parking well then i needed to ride the shuttle back up to the main airport where i could get my car and pay to get out i didn't have money to ride the shuttle so i go through <laughs> the chain in, in their car they, they had this like pile of chains in the cup holder. you know we throw change so i dig out all the quarters and it was like three dollars so it was just enough money for me to be able to get the shuttle or to pay for something Uh, Or maybe it was I needed money to get my car back out. Either way, I needed some money, and I had none. So I I went through their change holder, managed to get all the quarters out. It was just enough money that I needed. Got the shuttle, rode it back up, get in my car, and I leave. It took like an hour. Like, it was, this was, I was sweating, you know, anxieties through the roof. But I'm thinking, I'm the hero, right? Like, they were able to go get on their plane. I just took care of this thing. And I was like, I got to get the heck home. I got it. My parents are going to be like, why is he taking so long? And um, I got to get to work by three o'clock. And so I I go down the uh, jump on the interstate, how um, 85. And I'm just I'm cranking. And so this is back when cell phones were just becoming really prevalent. So I had this little singular was the brand cell phone and uh, didn't have a charger in the car. I only got like half battery life, battery life's going down, all this stuff. And and I'm just cranking down 85, just looking uh, to where I jump off on 77 or whatever it was I took. And then I look up and, uh, and it says, welcome to South Carolina. Mm. I got on 85 going the wrong direction. And so the, the funniness, the funny of it is it, it just brought me to where I live now. But if you think back when I was, I mean, no, that's 25 years ago, like 20 years ago, 
I didn't ha- I've never been to South Carolina. Like I, I knew nothing of South. I didn't have a clue where I was at. And I instantly start panicking. And the more you panic, the less you can think. So I knew I had went the wrong way, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to get back to the where I needed to the be. The state sign was a dead giveaway for that one. Yeah. When it said, welcome you know, to Gaffney, that was. So I had to call my dad and tell him what I had done. I had to be like, dad, listen. You're not going to believe this, but I'm in South Carolina right now. <laughs> And this is pre-GPS. Yeah, there's no GPS. This is GPS life. And so I was I was completely I was I was about to cry. Like I'm in the car trying to hold it together. Long story short, my dad pulls up the map, he sees where I'm at, he tells me exactly where to go, tells me what exit to take. And so and he stayed calm the whole time. Like he did not get mad at me on the phone. I get home literally in enough time to change clothes, walk out the door and go to work. I think I got home at like 1 o'clock, took a shower, changed clothes, go to work. They don't say anything to me until the next day. Mm. And the funny thing is, is when they sat me down, I was like, I'm screwed. Like I'm, And my dad, and I actually, I really like this because I use it as a parent too. He was like, you know, he said, I don't really feel like you need a punishment. He said, because I think what you went through yesterday was a punishment. <laughs> And he's not wrong. Um, but what I had to do is I had to go and with my own money, like I had to buy an atlas and a state map and put it in my car. So, so that when it, you got lost again, when I got lost again, I would have at least some resource that I could use. So why did you not think that through already? I think we've already established. I was 16. So, so I, Understanding that you didn't know where you were going, didn't cry. Isn't that kind of? Uh, and this is going to get completely off topic, and we're—I don't want to go this route. But it, it is kind of wild how teenagers and adolescents don't care about logic, but adults, parents, and mentors speak mm-hmm. in logical terms like they should understand. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was just—I was just anxious. Because I just had to figure out the parking situation. The reality is, if I would have went the correct way on 85, I would have probably pulled it off. Because I knew the highways I needed. Like, I knew where I was going. But once I was flustered, I couldn't think straight. So, like, I could have even pulled it off after the fact. Like, even if I got to South Carolina and I was like, crap, if I would have just turned around and went the other direction. And still went by the same like mental process. Okay, you now have to drive past the airport. Then you look for seventy seven. Like I could have still navigated, but I could. I was flustered. Like at that point, I was done. Mm. So I went from here to zero over, really quick. All all over a girl. That's usually what it's all about yeah. when it comes to teenage stories. Yeah. Um, stupid girls. No, yeah, mine. Mine was. I fought a. Uh, I fought a, a. Your story reminded me. I fought a, uh my English teacher in tenth grade GR with a bunch of friends one time. Was and your English teacher a girl? Yeah, Miss Tomlinson. <laughs> shout out Tom that ex- Tom. That explains it. Um, and I. 
went the next day after church to check to see if the forks were still there. And then on the way home, I bent over in my car to pick up something, swerved off the side of the road, hit or sideswiped a sign, knocked my rearview mirror off, scraped down my car, picked the rearview mirror up, put it in my car, and then drove back to my friend's house because my parents were gone for their anniversary. And so when I got back to my friend's house, his mom asked me what happened. I told her I hit a deer. And she walks outside, and she's an insurance agent, so she, like, can look. Mm-hmm. And there's a green stripe down <laughs> the side of my silver Durango. The deer and, had a cold. <laughs> and she she goes, what'd you hit again? I said, I hit a deer. <laughs> and my two friends come outside because they weren't with me. <laughs> and they they just they look at me, and they just go, Josh, there's literally a green stripe down your car. Like, did you hit a green deer? And so the the green deer has been a running theme among the among yeah. the friend group. Funny story, when my mom got back, I put the rearview mirror in a gift bag and acted like I got her an anniversary present. And I walked into the room with my two friends and I said, Hey mom, I got you an anniversary present with a gift bag. She was super excited. She opened it up, and it was the rearview mirror of her car that she had just gave me. And needless to say, she uh, chewed it me was out. A, it was not the rearview mirror. It's the side mirror. The rear I mean, view sorry, mirror yeah, side is... mirror. Sorry, 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 side mirror. It was a hundred percent just the side. Not. I'm talking about clean swipe. The entire side thing. Yeah. And she chewed me out. Told my friends to go home immediately, and I was grounded for a hot minute. Dang. So it was a, uh, but it has become a, it's become a, a pretty, a pretty solid story thread uh, within the friend group. But I mean, it was all to avoid trouble, I guess. Yeah. But there's no way out of it. No. So here's okay. So here's the here's the biblical question I have. Yeah. What's, what's... true or false? God doesn't like a liar. True. Gut, true. Like last night I Googled this. There's like 25, 30 different references. A lot of them are in Proverbs, but not only in Proverbs. Where it says, basically, God detests a liar. Do not lie. Let what comes out of your mouth be true. Do not hold false witness against your neighbor. Like there's all of these passages that are both specific to certain relationships, but also just general that say don't lie. But then, this past Sunday... I was teaching youth, and we're walking through um, the the Old Testament, and so we make it to we're in we're in Exodus right now, and we're getting ready to talk about the ten plagues, uh, where Moses confronts Pharaoh and says, "Let my people go," right? Famous line if you grew up in church, "Let my people go," um, and then. He says no, and there's these ten interactions of these attacks on him. So anyway, here's the here's the part that gets me. God goes to Moses through a burning bush and calls him to rescue the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Mm. True. Mm-hmm. Right? Chapter 4 of Exodus. Moses, after accepting this call in his life, goes and meets with the Israelites and sells them on the idea. 
right? Like he has to tell them, hey, God has sent me here to rescue you. So he meets with the leaders of the clan, of the tribes of Israel, and he tells them. So they're like, okay, we know what's going on. So in chapter 5 of Exodus, right? So the Israelites know, know what's going on. Moses definitely knows what's going on. God has told him for sure. We find the very first interaction of him going to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. But this is what it reads, right? Starting in verse 1, it says, Afterward, after meeting with the people, uh, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And then it dictates. You know, then it documents Pharaoh's response. Who is this Lord that I should obey, blah, blah, blah. And he says, no. But here's the part that gets me. And there's like a quote here. The God of Israel, thus says the Lord. So this is a quote from God by Moses. Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. That's a lie. That's a lie. At best, it's a lie from of omission. Maybe if Pharaoh would have said yes, they would have went out a three-day journey. And sure, maybe they would have had a feast, some type of a celebration. But they were never coming back. They were going to keep going. Because the entire purpose of the mission here was for Moses to lead the people out. Mm -hmm. And so I even asked one of my pastors, I was like, am I wrong in saying God commanded Moses or through Moses tried to okie doke Pharaoh through deception. What did I say? He just said, yeah, you got a point. Like that is kind of perplexing. He just, well, he just was in agreement. I mean, I just caught him sideways. It's not like he had researched it, but yeah. at face value, he was like, yeah, that is kind of weird, isn't it? So, Am I wrong? No. I mean, I mean, I told you that we were going to look at this passage because yeah, I was so confused been, by it. I, I mean, I've thrown the question out to some groups, done some research after your oh my perplexing statement. I'm not going to go through yeah. much. But um, from what I can tell, yes, as well. <laughs> that's the result of your research. No, I mean, yes. I got more to it. I just, I didn't know if you wanted to add to that. So like, I'm just confused by it because scripture makes it so clear that lying's an abomination. And the truth is, is God, if of all people that don't need to lie, it's the whole, like, can you really die in the battle of Armageddon discussion? Yeah. Like, what, what are you going to do to God? He's God. Yeah. Like he can, he like, okay, Pharaoh's pissed off. Woo, what you going to do to me? Yeah. There's no point in it. So there'll be, there will be, I could think of probably three ways to decipher this here. Okay. One is God did not lie. There's something, there's, there's a way around the fact that he lied or deceived Pharaoh. Okay. Two is the definition of lying is different in the in this sense than our sense. And number three is he lied. So <laughs> um 
<clears throat> my guess would be. <clears throat> well, what do you? So when? You, okay, so let me ask you this: When you were reading it and thinking about it, yeah. What were some? Because I think this would be good for people. What were some initial thoughts that came to your mind before you started digging into it? One was just why. Like, what's the point? Which naturally makes me believe like God cannot contradict Himself. And so my first thought, if God can't contradict himself, I need to make sure I'm understanding this, not just at face value. Like, there's lots of scripture. If you read it at face value, you get one impression. But once you understand the context or once you understand the bigger picture, you realize there's not really a disagreement here. And so part of me is like, look, we're reading a Bible, a book of the Bible that, yes, I believe is inspired by God, uh, but is just the cliff notes of the real event. And so was it literally a word for word? And it also makes me wonder, like, what does the original Hebrew say, right? So, like, understanding the context of the original Hebrew and what how that would have been understood in that moment might be different than the English translation, which we come to interpret in a different way. So my first thought was, like, there, there might just be more to the story. At face value, it may not be a lie. The second was... Um, uh, the other side of it was I started looking at all the references to lying in scripture to think, do we use a broad stroke to say don't lie when really lying is always in reference to certain things, but maybe not everything. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of references to living with uh, character, honesty with people you're in relationship with neighbors, family, believers, and um, and then also in conjunction to God himself. And so uh, most of the, the documentation at a very quick glance, very quick, so you could easily probably poke holes in this, but a quick glance was it says don't lie to God, don't lie to yourself, don't lie to people you're in relationship with and other believers. And so I never saw a Bible verse that said... Um, Never use deception with the enemy. Never use deception when a person's trying to kill you. Now, I mean, there's other references in Scripture when it's um, talking about, you know, kill your enemy with, or like, kill them with kindness kind of thing. So I do think there's some other, like, scriptures that would maybe contribute to the discussion that talks about how we treat people that do not love us, that do not treat us well. Um, you know, and I think if you look at the story of David and you look at some of the battles, like there was deception that happened within those. Um, and so that that's the other part of it is, yes, there was deception. It was deception by omission of details. But I don't... Does God really address... Is there really actually a counter-argument to that? So you felt like... Are you saying that deception is okay in certain circumstances? Possibly so. Yes. What about flat out lying? Flat out. I mean, deception is flat out. I mean, it's it's like saying, is it like, is it a capital S sin or a lowercase s sin? Like sin is sin, lying is lying. Like, does the impact determine the significance of it? 
it kind of plays a little bit into now that we're talking about it, it kind of plays a little bit into last year's baby Hitler conversation. Yeah. Where is there a greater good in doing something? Do the, does bad? the ends justify the means? Yeah. So like the example that was given in one of these um, articles um, was if Corey Teen Boom, who hosted uh, Jews from mm-hmm. the Nazis, if if they if the Nazis came up to her house and she had twenty Jews upstairs and they asked her flat out, "Are you ho- are you hosting Jews? What do you feel like she would say?" No. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you flat out lie for. Yeah. Like who? Like, do you real? Like, that's that's where it becomes, for me. Like with your scenario, and people can take this a whole different direction, which is on them. But there's there's a heart behind lying. Like, right? Is your intent behind lying? Like, are you protecting something say, worse from right, happening? Is it to harm? somebody harm yourself yeah. harm others is it to protect is it is there a selfish motive mm-hmm. behind the lie and so but see i don't is that justifiable well so i was thinking that that core 10 boom example is really good because i was thinking like i was thinking about personally like what would you do if someone started to break into your house and in your case sarah your wife was there right and you and you said, go hide here. And you knew it was a really secretive place, right? Where she wouldn't be naturally found, right? Or if someone was breaking in my house and I told my wife and my two boys, hey, go hide here. And I knew the chances of them. And so all of a sudden the guy breaks in and I confront him. And he says, are you here alone? A thousand out of a thousand times, I'm going to say yes. Agreed. There's absolutely, I don't care if... God himself is standing next to me. Well, at that case, probably going to turn it over to him. But, like, there is no scenario that who I'm around changes that. Because I would much rather, if I'm wrong, forgiveness, not permission. In that case. Like, there's no shot that I'm going to say, no, I'm not alone. My family's upstairs hiding in the attic. But you have to get through me first, Barry. Barry. Oh, that's a good show. You've never seen Barry, have you? No. So it's just like there's there's absolutely no way I'm being honest in that moment. So because that's a tough question because most people would say, hands down, don't lie. But there's always more to the story. Like, mm-hmm. I- even when you read scripture, there's always more to the situation than what's face value, yeah. which is hard to always interpret. And so I'm right there with you. Like, yeah, I'm definitely lying 100%. And and also, like, when it comes to being enslaved, like, you got to look at the dynamics. This was an enslaved people group. The Egyptians enslaved them. You know, and so that's one version of a like an altercation there. But then also, like they're at war. Like there's, there's potentially, you know, these this is an enemy. The Egyptians are somewhat of an enemy to them. And so, and I think it's pretty standard practice. Again, we could debate if it's right or wrong. That in war there is deception. 
Yeah. Uh, but but the reality is, is this whole story could have went different. Because at the end of the day, Moses could have walked up and said, hey, God said, let my people go. We're not coming back. So you can either let us go nicely or God's going to smite you. Mm. Which is kind of what he said. Kind of. Yeah. Then, but he didn't have to lie. Like, he could have just said, we're doing that. So my question, it's like, I don't know. I think it, but see, I think you're, this is, <laughs> might be a little too in depth, but I think you're starting to rub against the the aspect of well, why didn't God just do it? Well, then you have this whole free will aspect. Right. And so you're starting to rub against, yeah, like. No, like that, that rubs against the free will, but not God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You don't think that rubs against it more? I'm just saying. I'm just you don't saying. think that offers some what, complications? What, well, this is what people will say is. Well, if he hardened his heart, why didn't he just make him let his people go? Like, that's why in this one, it's a perfect description of how we're not just robots. Yeah. But there's times where God has to divinely yeah. intervene, but there's also free will. Well, I kind of break it up into thirds. There's 33% free will, 30, 33% we see that God is there, and then there's these other 33% of occasions where we know this doesn't make sense. And it's not going to make sense to us here on earth. Like we, there's just, there's some variables here that we don't know about. So, okay. So tell me this, cause we just got a couple minutes left. What do you think it is? Do you think God, like, do you think there's times when lying or deception is appropriate? Like we can agree that it's, um, it's a complicated issue, and there's times that we absolutely would, even if it's the wrong thing to do, we will do it. But based on this discussion, because of this passage, do you think there's exceptions to the rule, do not lie? Because it's a Ten Commandment, for Pete's sakes. Well, I mean, so is do not murder. But, right. But... Mur- but murder is different than punishment by death. Which I, well, well, this okay, okay, all right, all right. Let's let's go down this hole for a second. Do we really want to go down it? Yeah, we got this. If it, if we're, if anything, we'll just cut part of your story out. It's fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> because murder is the intent, mm-hmm. the heart's intent to to kill someone else. Like mm-hmm. the intent behind murder is very obviously evil, and this most of the time. So you saying, just saying lying doesn't doesn't just like murder. Like intent is different. Like with God, you had God. God commanded wars. God yeah. commanded people, and God struck down tribes. God killed mm-hmm. people and took life from people. So like it's like okay, well you could argue the same thing for do not murder mm-hmm. as you do for do not lie. Mm-hmm. And so this starts to like question like what what do these two and so like I said, this is gonna go this can be taken in a completely wrong direction here, but is it about the heart of the issue more yeah. than the action of the issue? But I feel like that gets muddy. Real so quick. make it make a firm statement. Where do you think we where do you think God stands on this? If you had to pick a side. I would say identify the heart's intent and then 
go from there. And so maybe lying isn't always the best word. Right. Because the action could be the same. Just like in murder, mm. a life was taken. Right. But intent changes the word you attribute to it. Right. Right? Right. So because if somebody came in, threatened to kill your family, mm-hmm. and you killed them, I highly doubt anybody would right. be like, well... You murdered that guy. You are a sinful human being. Right. Like, it's just... It's, but I, I'll say this. It's probably... It's definitely more rare when the action has pure intent. Yes. Okay. But it can happen. Uh, that's that's kind of where, that's where you're I'll gonna land. Loosely yeah. land. I will loosely land on that. I will say, I don't think lying is ever permissible. The question I have is kind of in that same vein is is there is there a form of deception that at face value appears like lying but because the heart's intent is different it's actually not lying it's whether you call it deception or justifiable deception of some type um i just at the end of the day i probably think if we knew the context of this 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 passage really isn't even about that i think it's just the way that it transliterates to the american culture we read it as that and maybe I don't know. Is that really? If we saw the Hebrew, does it come across? Would it have come across the Pharaoh in the same way? Maybe I don't know. But I think there is a difference between lying and deception. Um, that said, I hope my son never hears this. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to stand behind that lying is a uh, depiction of character, and it's better to be honest. So, anyway, listen, if y'all are listening, y'all have an opinion on this, if you want to go up, look up Exodus chapter 5 and come up with a statement regarding, we'd love to hear from you, because this is a this is interesting. Um, but that's about it. I think we've exhausted it for today. Um, either exhausted the topic or exhausted the listeners having to put up with the topic. But, um, final thoughts? It's a very interesting debate. I mean, I, I, I would say... I don't know, because it kind of goes in theme with a lot of what we've talked about outside of the podcast of just how you read scripture. What's yeah. the what's the basis of scripture? How like it's not like face value. Mm-hmm. This is it. Hard line. Like how do you understand interpret? Yeah, it and like apply. give yourself a little, give yourself a little grace and yeah. understanding, but don't like jump off the deep end. Like a lot of people would take this and say, "This is why I don't believe in God." Yeah. Or uh, this is what I see a lot too is a lot of people will will use li- like they will lie to people and then use the excuse well I was just protecting them yeah like no you weren't you wanted to gossip to some people but not exactly others. like that's a totally different yeah um, anyway all right guys until next time that's a wrap for today y'all behave yourselves follow. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.